This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, February 10th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And as always, there's a lot to talk about. And our job here each and every weekday is to help put some things into perspective. And as we move through the month of February, we know that there's a lot going on in the world, especially on the uh, coronavirus uh, and its knock-on effects and how long that might last. So we're certainly going to dig into some of those stats uh, even more and kind of update where we are. But at the end of the day, that's going to be a short-term thing, right? Short-term issue, whether short-term is two weeks or two months or or six months, uh, that's still a relatively short period of time. So our goal in the long run is to help you create strategies that can deal with the volatility that in the right way for you and your particular financial goals and your ultimate goal of financial freedom. So that's what we're aiming to do each and every weekday on Invest Talk. And so we do that with your help, with your calls, with your questions. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you will call me in this hour and through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast and my company, KPP Financial, I can help you become a better investor. That's our goal. Always, whether you're a client or not, we want to help. Now, one way Steve and I are able to do this is by implementing a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We're not like other investment advisors collecting big commissions or something like that. We're we're dedicated to unbiased guidance, and that's what we hopefully give you each day. And it's quite simple. Our investments ride right alongside with our clients. We call it parallel investing. But now, now that I've set things up, I'm here and ready to answer your investing and finance-related questions. Our anytime listener line is open, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Now, you probably heard the news. Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on February 27th, but he's already filled up. So we're going to be adding a new date, and I believe that's actually going to be March 20th. March 20th. That's the date that we have, Uh, and it's actually going to be me. I'm going to be heading up to San Jose sitting down with listeners and clients alike and helping them achieve their own particular version of financial freedom. So you can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Once again, that'll be March 20th. Now, my main talking point today concerns the report where the jobs are by sector. We just had the January 2020 jobs report on Friday and we had a good, good month for the economy as a whole, but it was pretty bifurcated. There were some sectors that did very well, others that did not do very well. So we're going to touch on that. Also, what are some IRA mistakes that that people make? Hopefully you can avoid them and use the IRA to its maximum advantage without uh, having big missteps. So we're going to touch on that. Also, why the stock market January effects, what's that telling us, right? We just finished the month of January a week or so ago, and 
the January effect often will give us some education around what likely will happen for the balance of the year. And then lastly, if we have time, is the dollar, strong dollar, going to create a headwind for earnings in 2020? We're going to touch on that as well. So those are all the topics that are on my mind, but ultimately, it's really up to you. It's really up to you what we talk about. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, let's look at the markets today. Overall, pretty solid up day, not, not huge, but, but modest. And the strong sectors were semiconductors as well as the home builders. You know, the 10-year treasury continues to march downward in, in yield, at least. Price up, yield down. And that is a proxy for mortgage rates and certainly helping the housing market and just valuations uh, expand in general in the marketplace. Now, emerging markets were down, transportation was down, China was down. Those are some areas of weakness uh, overall. Commodities were definitely down as natural gas prices hit record lows. So these are kind of the, the, the main drags on the market today. So once again, kind of a bifurcated day, but a solid update nonetheless. Now it's Monday. And let's kick things into gear with a caller question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Yes, hi there. I had a question about a stock. It's PDC Energy. Uh, the symbol is Papa Delta Charlie Echo. Uh, wondering um, what a buy point for that would be. Thank you. All right, PDC Energy, about $1.3 billion market cap. This is a explore oil and natural gas, uh, U.S. exploration and production. That's a sector that they're in. They're gauged in the exploration and production of oil and gas in Colorado, Ohio, and West Virginia. Not your typical shale regions, but uh, certainly there, there's definitely oil in those regions that they're extracting. And let's look at their debt levels, about $1.5 billion in debt. And it, it's weak like the overall markets in general, right? Sorry, at least the, the energy market, shall I say. And like I said, natural gas just hit record lows. So these are <clears throat> these stocks are getting getting hit pretty hard. And you're pretty much betting on a rebound in, in energy prices. And you know, if the coronavirus thing drags out, uh, I think you're likely to see more downside in the energy space, at least in the near term. So be aware of that. Now, in the history of PDC Energy, they've been growing their revenues pretty strong over the past decade or so. However, earnings have never really been that great. So it doesn't look like a great operator. They've been losing money. They made money in 2019 and expect it to this year as well. But the history as an operator just doesn't give me that rosy feeling, right? Or that, that, that nice feeling uh, that gives me, gives me solace and comfort. Uh, so I think there's better names in the space. It's profitability long-term is questionable and doesn't pay a dividend, which is okay, that's fine. But uh, I just don't like the history of not making any money despite revenues continuing to go up. And you've seen this. This is kind of one of those names where uh, they get a lot of money. There's, there's a lot of private equity and, and banks that have, have given money to many oil and natural gas drillers. And it's, they've been shown to not being great stewards of the capital, meaning they're not, not earning high returns 
on their on their capital and their assets that they hold in their balance sheet. And eventually, and it's kind of starting, banks, private equity firms are going to give up on many of them and stop funding their business if they can't prove that they're economically viable. And especially with oil now uh, back down a little bit, this is even more more precarious. So uh, I would, I like the space. I do think there are some great values, but this is not one because I just don't see that consistency of earnings and cash flow being positive. So I would pass on it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. You've been listening to Invest Talk for a while. You've heard me say that I believe every investor should be determine their own particular risk tolerance level. It's your first step in the building the proper investment strategy for you because your proper strategy is probably different than your neighbors or your cousins or your brothers. So it's easy to quickly calibrate your risk tolerance via our online free tool at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I urge you to get your call in sooner rather than later. Now, because what happens with the Chinese economy can eventually affect our economy because the Chinese economy is now 14% of global GDP, much higher than, I believe it was only 3% of global GDP back in 2003 when you had the SARS epidemic. And this is a story that is going to be around for a while, I think, uh, you know, in China, the coronavirus death toll has now topped 1,000 and is has killed more people than the 2002-2003 SARS virus, and over 40,000 cases. But a lot of times, those are you know, we talked about this before with China. Their numbers are not exactly reliable, uh, and they even I think change their definition of somebody who has contracted the coronavirus of somebody who's tested positive for it but has no symptoms they're not counting that person as now contracting it so you might see some distortion in the numbers here in the near future but here in the US there's still only 12 confirmed cases i think that's the biggest positive right now that you're not seeing it's really spread in other countries to a dramatic way part of it has to do with less people that are you know, more spread out in other countries, uh, the countries that have more developed medical system than certain areas of China. I think that's part of the issue. And from the World Health Organization, they're most worried about that, about it spreading not, not to the United States or parts of Europe, but countries that don't have a great medical system that can stop the spread of it over you know, a, 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 a short period of time, right? So that's, I think, the biggest risk here is that it, it migrates out of China into another third world country whose medical system isn't very strong. Now, I think there's a cruise ship where a dozen or so people from uh, England were 
diagnosed to having it. And some companies are now delaying the reopening of their Chinese businesses. And this is where you start really seeing the economic effects is over the Chinese New Year, it's kind of shut down anyway, right? The China's kind of shut down from a business perspective. Certainly, people are still out and driving cars, and that that was certainly a, dra- a drag on on uh, GDP over that time period. But and it was it was delayed pretty much another week until today, when they've come back to work. In a lot of cases, some are still shut down, but China is the biggest trading partner with uh, the most countries in the world. Right, about double what we are, right? So this is very significant. And it could be the tip of the iceberg. And and what I'm what I'm I'm watching for here is 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 the case case is gonna stop growing. And if it does spread outside of uh, of China. And the biggest biggest worry for me is that they're coming back to work in China. And more people are going to be around other people, right? Where, yes, there are cities shut down inside the province that that Wuhan is in. Shenzhen, one of the largest in the world. And that's certainly going to be a drag for, you know, but a couple weeks is not a big deal. But now that people are getting back to work, conversing a little bit more, getting together a little bit more because of work, this could reaccelerate the spread. And that's what I'm kind of watching. Uh, I've seen experts that think this isn't going to peak until April or May. So is that going to be the case? Certainly something uh, that is very, very important. This is probably the most non, non-political threat to the global economy in a long, long time. So certainly something to continue to watch and monitor and you know, it could go either way. It's hard to know yet, but certainly something everyone should be monitoring to make potential changes in their portfolio if it does intensify. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we present this program with the five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. And it's broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock Pacific Time hour. Hopefully, you tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk as well. And Steve and I do our best to make it interesting and instructive for you each day. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. You may have heard that Steve Peasley will be in San Jose, California to conduct his no-cost portfolio reviews on February 27th. That's true, but Steve has already filled his appointment schedule for that day. A new consultation date will be added soon. So serious investors should go to the portfolio review page at investtalk.com and send a registration message. And now you've got questions that deserve unbiased answers. Justin Klein is here and he's ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Kathy in San Jose looking at Johnson & Johnson. Hi, Justin. Yeah, I just wanted to know if you could take a look and see if this is a good time to sell. I um, have been an owner for a long time, and I've made profit, but I'm just needing to wonder if I could sell right now would be a good time, or should I wait? 
Well, what percentage of your overall portfolio is it? Oh, it's it's not that many. It's not uh, that big. It's okay. very small. Um, okay. Well, Johnson & Johnson, certainly a great company, uh, a, cons- a consistent company that earns consistent returns on, on capital, return on equity, return on assets, and I, lo- I love the business, although return on assets has shrunk a little bit from the low teens into the high single digits over the past few years, so that's the biggest worry for me, but it's still overall a very good company with consistent cash flow. You're yielding about 2.5%, but it's a slow growth. 2% on average or so, or revenue growth over the past six quarters, and earnings growth very modest, only 4% expected this year. So it's expected to not have the same valuation as the overall market, and it's trading slightly under that. Uh, modest debt levels, but it is overbought. If you look technically, it is overbought, and if on the longer term chart, there is some MACD uh, diver- divergence that I think could be, and RSI divergence, that could be uh, explaining a little bit of potential weakness uh, in the future. So this is a pretty good time to lighten up on it. I don't know if I would say sell it outright because I still love the company long term. I love cash cows that just produce tons of free cash flow uh, and dividends and their payout ratio is still pretty modest, uh, only about 50%. So they should be able to increase that dividend over time. So if I was, if I were you, I might be reducing my position, but I wouldn't be eliminating it completely unless you just are overweight healthcare or something like that. It's you know, it, true. It's not a great, great value at this level, but uh, it's not grossly overvalued by any means. Uh, it's just simply slightly overvalued and overbought. And there's some MACD divergence, RSI divergence that tells me there could be some weakness in the near term. But besides those things, uh, I. I, I like it, uh, so I wouldn't be eliminating the position altogether. Thanks for the call, Kathy. That was Johnson and Johnson J and J. Now let's touch quickly on the jobs report from last week. And overall, the United States produced about two hundred and twenty-five thousand jobs in the month of January. But there were certain sectors that did very well and others that kind of lagged. And education was certainly, education and health and health services were the top. They were leading with 72,000 jobs created overall, and construction was second with 44,000 jobs. And big reason was the mild winter weather that helped the construction side. And obviously, the demographic situation, I talk about this all the time, 10,000 baby boomers retire every day. So that means more demand on, demands on our healthcare system, and you're seeing that with strength in those particular sectors. Now, coming up in the third spot was leisure and hospitality. So more traveling and business happening. Certainly, that uh, that was a big reason for those sectors gaining jobs. Now, where was it lagging? Worst sector: manufacturing negative 12,000 jobs, as well as retail trade, so the retail sector, losing about 8,300 jobs. So those were the big weakness, weak, the, the weakest parts of our economy. And so it goes to show you that while the trade war may have won us some better deals, uh, the manufacturing sector isn't the bellwether of our economy right now. It's not like Trump is bringing those jobs back. It ha- that hasn't happened yet. 
Yeah, at least for the month of January. So uh, that was pretty interesting uh, to see. So overall, a good report, still consistently gaining jobs, but a lot of that seems to be because of A, good weather, and B, the demographic situation and the advances in medical technology where more and more money, more and more things can be done with uh, on the medical side and that has to be done with people and that's why you create more jobs. So overall, a solid month to start the year on the jobs market. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. And... <clears throat> On the next Invest Talk, this story, investors in real estate investment trusts were the biggest winners in the recent tax reform. And from a tax reporting perspective, an investor's experience with REITs shouldn't be any different than a typical dividend paying stock. So how that has changed since the tax reform a couple years ago will be interesting to kind of go over and help you understand that difference because there's always been a difference between REITs, dividend, and individual regular uh, qualified dividends from you know your Johnson & Johnsons of the world. So we're going to go over how that has changed and why that's different here on Invest Talk tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to sunset. Have a question about gold and silver. From dusk till dawn. So I'm wondering what y'all think. The questions keep coming. I have a question about symbol STLD. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Hello, uh, Steve Justin uh, Milani here from Bay Area. This is Curtis from Alabama. Hi, Steve. This is Gary from Massachusetts. Invest Talk listeners have one objective financial freedom your opinion on costco how they get there and when they get there is up to them i have started investing but steve peasley and justin klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance i really enjoy the podcast i think i'm finally starting to understand the, the language and, and what to look for thank you very much listen live or download the podcast investtalk.com This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Kadat in North Carolina looking at Boeing. Yes, Justin. Hi. How are you? Thank you for the show and the time. Uh, I yeah, have no a very little position that I uh, occupied in the beginning of the month. However, I'm thinking of increasing uh, that portfolio, though it will not exceed more mm -hmm. than 5% of my total value. Uh, just mm -hmm. like to hear your opinion. What do you suggest for Boeing? Uh, I, I I'm not a fan of Boeing. I don't like the technicals on it. I think this 737 Max issue uh, is going to drag out for a while. There's probably a lot of wrongful death 
death uh, prob- uh, lawsuits. There are a lot of wrongful, wrongful death lawsuits that they're going to have to pay out on. Um, now, certainly that could just be a near-term thing, uh, but I don't, I don't think the valuation has corrected enough to deal with that. Um, they're in a lot of debt. They have a lot of debt in their balance sheet, uh, and this can't drag out for you know a, a whole lot longer. Um, you know they're buying back shares, and you know they're using their financial flexibility to do that, and certainly that will work out um, if they if they pull through this. But I just don't like the way they've dealt with it. Uh, to me, it smacks at internal issues of how they run the business. And I just don't think it's a great opportunity. I, I just really don't. I think technically it looks absolutely terrible um, and sh- will likely go uh, much, much lower. I think I think this heads back down into around the 200 level. Uh, now we're at 344. I think that's, uh, that's likely because, like I said, it's going to drag out. Uh, most likely, and it has already. You know, this is what we're almost a year into this crisis, uh, and it hasn't been resolved. And they certainly are going to lose a lot of money, have lost a lot of money, and orders because of it. So I absolutely would pass on Boeing. I definitely wouldn't be adding to it. Actually, I would be selling it. Let's go to Gary in San Jose, looking at non-deductible IRAs. Hi, Justin. So if I contribute, so I'm over 65, if I contribute my normal $7,000 into a deductible IRA, can I do also a non-deductible IRA in a separate account? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good question. I've never had, I've never dealt with that. Now, what I will say is, what is the purpose of the non-deductible IRA? So I would like to then do a backdoor into a Roth. Okay. Well, yes, then that that is a great – that's really the only reason to do a non-deductible IRA is to do the backdoor Correct. into a Roth. Right. Um, I don't have an so answer to your working, question. I've never yeah, heard so that question. I'm not working anymore, and I'm just trying yeah. to move some of my money that I can – I can't move much more money into a Roth – but I, if I could do a mm-hmm. backdoor, that would work. Maybe I don't know what the yes. limits are. Yeah. So there, there, there's, there's definitely limits on it. I don't, I don't know that question. If you can do both, because it's always been, our clients have always been non-deductible, the limit seven thousand, and then we do the backdoor into the Roth. Um, but I never had it where they can do. Do you qualify for the deductible? Because usually, if you make too much money, you don't qualify. Well, a regular okay. So the I qualify for a regular IRA, okay, with the mm-hmm. new tax law that they just passed. Mm-hmm. My wife still works, so I'm able to put that in. Okay, but I, I'm curious if I could do a non-deductible IRA. And then transfer that money into a, you know, do a backdoor into the Roth on the non-deductible also. Yeah, see, I don't. I, I think the limit is still the same. It's still seven thousand. Uh, I would 7, definitely 000. double check with your with with your CPA. Uh, CPAs are, are the okay. ones that uh, know this a lot of, a lot better than we do, right? Because they're they're into the the tax laws, and those tax laws change every time. There's uh, they, they often change yearly sure. uh, in some small way uh, and then in a big way when you have big tax reform like we did a couple of years ago. 
Uh, so I, I would double check with a, a CPA, but I don't believe you can. I've never seen that uh, anyone do that because uh, it's always been either deductible or non-deductible. Um, but I've never seen somebody try to do both, and I can't imagine that the government would allow that. But I like that you're trying to do the backdoor Roth conversion. It's very smart, and I think everybody that does that should um, should do it as much as they possibly can uh, if they're in a relatively low tax bracket and have some diversification, tax diversification upon retirement. So I like that plan, but I would double check with your CPA. Sure. Great. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for the call, Gary. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, that's a good segue into my next talking point, which is 20 IRA mistakes to avoid. Uh, and the first one is probably the one that's most common, and that is to wait until the 11th hour to put the money in. Right? You can put your IRA contribution in up till April 15th of the following year. However, that also means that you're not earning any money on that money when you could have put the money in 18, you know, 17, 18 months before that, right? As soon as the year starts, you can make your full contribution to your IRA. Now, I know that might not be realistic for a lot of people to put in the full 6,000 or 7,000, but what about making it an automatic contribution? Right? I know we, we have a lot of clients who automatically put in $500 a month. $500 a month times 12, that's $6,000. Pretty simple. So that's the first thing I think everybody should do is make that $500 a month contribution to your IRA or Roth IRA. Number two, assuming Roth contributions are always the best. Now, Roths are great, right? Because you can take your initial contribution out whenever you want. You never have to take an RMD. And you can lock in a particular tax rate. But your in-retirement tax rate often is lower than it is most of your working career. So the tax break can often be better today versus in the future. So make sure you, it's hard to know, right? but make sure you think about that. And the number three is thinking it's one or the other. You can do 50-50. Right, 250 in a Roth, 250 into a regular IRA. You can do that. So don't think it's either or. If you don't know, you're not quite sure, it's not a clear-cut decision, do a little bit of both. Okay. Then, not contributing later in life. A lot of people who feel like they have enough money, they just say, ah, I don't need to put more money into my IRAs. Well, the new SECURE Act has removed the age limit on contributions to traditional IRAs, so that's good. And making Roth contributions or conversions later in life can be very smart for investors who don't really need the money. Maybe their money's going to their heirs, who then will be able to take the money out tax-free. Also, forgetting about spousal contributions. This can be big because couples with non-earning spouse, right? You have the other spouse that 
that doesn't have a job, maybe they retired earlier, or maybe uh, one spouse just has a, a better income, and the other takes care of the kids, or uh, has other hobbies, or whatever. Well, as long as the earning spouse has enough earned income to cover the total amount of con- contributed for the both of them, a couple can make IRA contributions to both individuals each calendar year. So be aware of that. Also, delaying contributions because of short-term considerations. Usually these are people that are younger and they think that they are going to tie this up forever. But like I said before, in a Roth IRA, you can take the money out no matter what and under certain specific circumstances, you can take all of the money out in the Roth IRA, both earnings and contributions for particular reasons. Also, thinking IRA money is kind of your your play money. Because most people, their retirement nest egg is in their 401k and they think this IRA, which is typically smaller, right, because your contributions are smaller, contribution limits are smaller, that it's just your your play money. And you buy things that just aren't really that great, pie-in-the-sky ideas, penny stocks, things like that. Don't think of it as kind of a throwaway account. Because... Growing that over time can be a big difference in your financial life over time. So don't think just a smaller account, you should do crazy, stupid things with it. This is big too. Doubling up on tax shelters. I see people buying municipal bonds. They buy annuities within an IRA or 401k. Uh, they buy massive limited partnerships. That can be a big issue as well. So don't buy tax-sheltered vehicles within your IRA or 401k. Another one is triggering a, a tax bill by not getting the money into an IRA from your 401k on a rollover. You have 60 days, remember, to do that. Also, not reinvesting unneeded RMDs. You get to 70, 70 and a half. You have to take a certain amount. A lot of people just be like, well, I got the money. I had to take it out. I'm going to go spend it. Well, you can reinvest that into a Roth IRA if you don't need it or into tax-efficient assets, right? Municipal bonds, for example. Not taking advantage of qualified charitable contributions. This is another one. You can don't you can actually take your RMD and donate it to your charity of choice, and you get a much bigger tax benefit than just your standard deduction of that amount uh, of that contribution. So, taking advantage of that as well. And then lastly, not paying enough attention to beneficiary designations. We see that all the time, where uh, you know you, you get a divorce or. Uh, the maybe the children that you want it to go to, maybe they don't need it anymore. Maybe it should go to their grand, their kids and your grandchildren. Maybe it's a brother or sister that was the beneficiary before, and you had kids, and really the kids should be the new beneficiary, but you didn't change it, right? So having that up to date. So those are some big ones. I know that was kind of long. But those are common mistakes that people make. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are in good company. We keep download statistics. And 
Here's what they show. Our podcasts are downloaded on average about 450,000 times each month, and we've now passed the 20 million download mark. So, Stephen, I thank you for that. Be sure, be sure to tell your friends, friends and family members about Invest Talk and our website, investtalk.com. There's a lot of resources to assist with your goal of achieving financial freedom. And of course, you can call our KP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. We would love to help you. And now our phone lines are open at 888 chart This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve or Justin. This is Doug, Colorado. I had a question on Michael's stock, and also I kind of lump in GameStop in there as well. They seem to be on similar trajectories. Bottom, lower, they climbed a mountain, went up, and now they're on the downhill slide. Just wondering your thoughts on uh, one or both of those companies. Thank you for all you guys do. It's a pleasure to listen to you daily. All right. Well, he's looking at two what would be called deep value plays. These are companies who were on top of the world at one point or at least had strong businesses and no longer so. They're, they're definitely uh, hurting. But Michaels, for example, their cash flows remain relatively robust. They're buying back shares. Uh, I, I like that. Earnings this year are supposed to be two thirteen. It's a five dollar and ten dollar stock, five dollar and ten cent stock. So no dividend, which they probably shouldn't at this point when their their business is, is somewhat struggling. And if you look at their their margins, their EBITDA margins are down to about twenty percent, or sorry, EBIT margins. Uh, but that's that's not that much lower than it's been in the past, and their cash flow remains relatively strong. So, you know, I kind of like Michaels. I kind of like Michaels uh, because I think it still has a place in today's world of arts and crafts. People want to go and feel and see, paint, glue, you know, materials, etc. So, I, I'm a bigger fan of Michaels than than GameStop, and you know, GameStop I think has more. Uh, more disruption coming down the pipeline from others in the space like a Google, uh, at Apple with their uh, game store, etc. So I would pass on GameStop, but I would I would like Michaels as a long-term play. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want to hear from you going into the last segment at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, breaking down REIT tax myths. Real estate investment trust investors were big winners in recent tax reforms. The story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. 
Hey, this is Ryan from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. I just had a uh, question about a stock, H-Y-R-E. I have about 200 shares of them. I got them at $3.99, and it took a major hit. I was just seeing what your thoughts are on that, uh, that stock. Have a great one. Are looking at Hire Car, H-Y-R-E is a symbol. They offer a car sharing platform that allows car owners to rent their idle cars to ride sharing service drivers. So think of it like Airbnb, but for cars, right? You, you have a car that you're not using. Maybe you're going out on vacation or maybe you just don't need it for the weekend. You can allow someone else to drive it around uh, like you're, so you're a rental car service basically. Uh, now, it certainly has a place, I think. Uh, one of the big issues is Uber and Lyft, right? If you need a car, uh, that's certainly been digging into the rental car space, and the rental car space is now becoming more uh, targeted towards the business customer who isn't really going to, um, you know, want to drive around an area in, in an Uber or a Lyft. They want something nice and comfortable uh, for their business travel. So there's different dynamics that are going going along in the industry, um, but this is a company that doesn't make money, hasn't made money. Their, their revenue growth is growing, but it's decelerated, right? Revenue growth last quarter was only up 38%, whereas two years ago, it was up 260, 400% in just the, the fourth quarter of 2017, right? So massive growth has turned into eh growth. So I would absolutely pass on this. I don't like it. Uh, they have a lot of debt. Um, this is one of your pie-in-the-sky ideas, and they're not executing very well. So I'm going to pass on it. Now, if we move fast, I want to think we think we can fit one more caller question in. The topic concerns risk. This came in earlier at 888.99 chart. Hi, my question is regarding risk. If I invest in a more risky or aggressive mutual fund, is it only considered risky in the short term? For example, if I invest in a risk, uh, aggressive mutual fund, it would be considered risky if I had to sell it in three or four years, but less risky if I had to sell it in 20 to 30 years. I'm assuming that's the case. I just wanted to see if, if that's true. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, I would say absolutely not. Uh, risk is risk, okay? And it doesn't matter whether you... doesn't matter whether you... Um, hold that for a day or a decade, okay? If you are taking risk, you're taking risk. Uh, and even if you don't feel it, you don't, it doesn't happen to you, right? The market doesn't go down or that particular asset doesn't go down. doesn't mean you didn't take the risk, okay? That, that can go down at any time. For example, the Qs. The Qs were at, let's see, uh, about $118 in 2000. Didn't get back to those levels until 2006. So it took 16 years for you to get back to even. Like accuser are risky, you know, technology stocks are risky. Prone to overvaluation. And that risk can turn on you at any second. So absolutely not. It has zero to do with the amount of, the, the length of time you hold it has zero to do with how much risk you're taking. Now, what are the odds you make more money the longer you hold it? Yes, a almost any investment, that's, that's the case. 
where the longer you hold it, as long as it's a good company or a good asset, it's going to appreciate over time. But it doesn't mean in the interim there can't be losses, downside. So don't ever think that it has anything to do with the length of time that you're holding, the, the risk level. Okay. Now, once again, the return expectation changes based on time you hold it, but never the risk level. Hope that made sense for you. Thanks for uh, thanks for that question. I love broad questions. I love broad questions that kind of can educate our whole listener base. So I urge you, if you have a more broad question, you know, stock questions are great. I, we try to broaden them out, give you kind of uh, a broader lesson point from the particular industry or the type of stock or something like that. But broad questions like that are always helpful. So please, if you have anything like that, bring it to us. Give us a call, 8899-CHART. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program, and I will return on Thursday. Steve will be host tomorrow. Please remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.